As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, hola, bonjour. Tune in every Tuesday to the Dear God Podcast. ¿Y qué pasó? Now, we talking like it's 1995. <laughs> Let go of that Wi-Fi. Let's laugh and cry. But never say goodbye. Hey, you guys, and welcome to another show of Dear God, are we there yet? The podcast. You guys are in for a surprise, and make sure that you listen to the entire episode because you're going to get a free sesh out of it. And what's awesome about it is that you don't have to be afraid anymore to even think about therapy, to talk about it, and to even, you know, I don't know, get to know about it. So I hope you guys enjoy the show, but also most importantly, check the website out, thecitypsychotherapy.com. He is awesome and you're going to enjoy the show and see why. Hi, Alicia. How are you? Hi, how are you? Thank you so much. Is this a good time? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, perfect. Oh my God. Thank you so much for being on the show and for everyone I'm listening. You guys are in for a huge, huge surprise. So first, I want to welcome Daniel again from the bottom of my heart. Thank you for being on the show. But let everybody, I already know who you are. If you can let everybody else know who you are. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, my name is Daniel Oliveria. I'm a licensed clinical social worker in private practice here in New York, um, specifically New York City. And um, yeah, my private practice name is the City Psychotherapy. So I service people here in the Midtown office in Manhattan and through online teletherapy throughout New York State. Which is awesome Tell me that you keep mentioning teletherapy because there, is, there are not a lot of resources out there for people, especially that they live all over the world or even in other states, right? Yeah, totally. It's, it's really tough, I think, for people to find um, mental health support that feels like a good fit for them and that fits into their busy lives. And for me, when I'm designing my practice, it was really important that I thought about, you know, that people have a lot going on in their lives, right? And mm-hmm. so how does that fit in, especially when you're trying to like hustle with your career, when you're trying to balance like dating, relationships, family, um, mm-hmm. it can be a lot. So, yeah. It's, it's a good mix, which is good. And for everybody listening, um, we're going to talk a lot about today on the show. And I'm not going to try to keep Daniel to myself for so, so long. But you guys could got to <laughs> check him out, um, thecitypsychotherapy.com. And I will have all the information below on this um, the podcast. And also, I'm going to do something on the YouTube channel as well to link him. Um, so if you guys want to learn a little bit about him. But so, you know, I want to, like, jump in because I have so many questions. I know listeners have a lot of questions. Um, we, we 
spoken so many things about on my podcast um, about mental health and how important it is. But what's one question you have the universe that, that has to do with, you know, the whole psychotherapy world, psychology world, or mental health period? What's like one question you keep asking yourself? Um, you know, as a professional, you deal with a lot of people and you have your own um, opinions about things. What's that one question, that burning question you want to ask the universe? Yeah, I think that I'm constantly checking in with myself and with the universe and and with my people around me and constantly revisiting the question of what is it about therapy and mental health that can be so scary, right? Like, what is it about it that can be so, like, intimidating and paralyzing? And even in the lead-up to, um, you know, today, you and I connecting, one of the things that we sort of went over even by email is, like, you know, it can be so scary for people. Mm -hmm. Um, And no no matter how long I've been doing this work, it constantly is something that is intriguing to me to ask that question. What is it about it that can be so, so scary? Mm-hmm. Why are you so? And I, I want to reiterate, and to people like, why are you so scared of therapy, or why are you so scared of talking? And it's, I think it has a lot to do with misconceptions. And I kind of want to touch on a big one because I'm, I'm Latina and I'm Dominican, and in the Dominican, our, you know, our whole, I, I don't know how to say it, like just they don't believe in therapy. They don't think, they think it's like, it's like you can't be talking to people or this. And I don't believe that at all. But growing up with that. Do you think that that probably had some fear element of why people, maybe their upbringing? Like, how do you approach that? Yeah, absolutely. I think that it's a combination of things. But, you know, for a lot of people of color, especially in our country, you know, we unfortunately have a really long history of having good reason to be distrustful of social service systems, of healthcare providers, um, and that includes mental health. That's the same goes for gay and queer people. You know, Mm -hmm. for a lot of, for a long time, it was this idea that if you were going to go see a therapist, it was going to be to try to make you straight, right? To try Mm -hmm. to like get these sort of (laughs) things that we feel are negative about you out of you. Um, and, and for a lot of communities, and especially Latino communities, it can be this thing of like, you don't give other people your business. Like mm-hmm. you keep that under wraps and you, you know, barrel through. If mm-hmm. you have a problem, then that's what the, that's what a cocktail is for, you know, mm-hmm. like that's kind of, so, you know, we're dealing, I think, culturally for sure with a lot of challenges in terms of how we perceive um, our own well-being, what, what, how we perceive social service systems and, and even just healthcare providers in general. Um, yeah. and, but then I also think that just socially as a society, you know, we view like if you break your arm, like you go yeah. to the doctor, everyone knows like you go to a healthcare provider and we really struggle, I think, in our modern society, and we're getting a bit better, but we really struggle with viewing mental health as legitimate. Um, yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. I think that's kind of some of the things that make it feel really, really intimidating for people and make it where where it does feel like, you know, where do, um, I don't know if I should be reaching out. And then even if you decide to reach out for support, like you mentioned, there's so many gaps in knowledge where mm-hmm. for a lot of people, they're like, I don't even know where to start or yeah. I don't want to go through the hassle. Exactly. And I think that's the main thing. And I, I want to 
touch base. I want to make this clear to all our listeners. Like literally listen to this, if you if you've been listening to Dear Caught Podcast for a while, um, to my listeners, you can notice there is a trend that when people come on the show or they come and they talk about real life situations that we all have you go through the same thing. Maybe we know someone that's gone through the same thing. And so we started this conversation with that you have teletherapy. And I want to talk a little bit about that and like you know, and I want to touch base on how private that is, you know, and that you don't, you know, people don't share their information and it, it, the, the protection of part of it, because you're right, you don't want other people, you know, like now, if anybody wants to know a little bit about you, they just Google you or look you up on social yeah. media, you know what I mean? That's yeah. like dating 2018, but yeah, how do you, you know, I, to talk to our listeners about the safe aspect of teletherapy and the protection around it? Yeah, totally. You know, therapy, people should know therapy in general. When you go to see a licensed therapist, everything that you talk about is confidential. And I always tell people, you know, of course you have family, friends who love you and who want to be there for you and want to support you. But there's something really, really unique and special about being able to go somewhere where you're talking with someone and you're able to not worry about Am I hurting their feelings with this? Am I overburdening them with this? Right? Like all those things that we think about with our loved ones, mm -hmm. you know? And so having a place that is completely and totally dedicated to just your wellness. And I'll be honest, I think for a lot of people, they have a hard time feeling that they deserve that, right? Yeah, they deserve yeah. having a space that is completely and totally just dedicated to their well-being. And yeah. so um, when you go to see a licensed therapist, that's what that is. It is completely confidential, whether you are seeing them in office, where I have my midtown office here in Manhattan, or if you're seeing them through teletherapy, it's completely confidential. And there are only a couple of situations where a therapist would have to break confidentiality. And it really all is based on trying to make sure that you stay safe, you know? So exactly. Yeah, if it's a situation where they're, you know, feeling like they may hurt themselves or they, and they have a plan to do that, then, you know, the, the therapist is obligated to make sure that you're safe and to report those things. But it's not to be bunching shadow, right? Like, yeah, it's not like, so, yeah, 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 it's true. You know? well, that's, that's the thing. That's the thing with, and right. I love that you talk about it on your blog, where, you know, why your friends can't replace a good therapist. You guys check that out on his website. It's on his blog, which is true because... What happens is, and my mom gave me the best advice in my adult years. She's like, your relationship, you don't, you don't tell your friends about your relationship. You don't even tell me about your relationship. You don't tell mm -hmm. your private intimate moments because what happens is that your friends are always going to have like that bias side. You know what I mean? Like, they're never going to look at it from both perspectives. And if you tell them, girl, I believe this man, they're going to be like, girl, yes, he's that man. And then like, girl, I fell in love with him. And girl, yes, he loves you. You know what I mean? And then, and then right. if you, and then, you know, God forbid you do something or you're, you know, your significant does something or whatever it is, because you're upset, we're all naturally upset, you know, then they're going to take that and they're going to judge that person. They're going to think that that's who they are. My mom, totally. say, don't tell people your business because what's going to happen is that's what they're going to leave in their mouth. Now, when they see them, when they hear about them, they're always going to think about that. You know, like if John, if, if Mary forgives Johnny for cheating, I'm just giving an example, right, listeners? Totally. You know, you forgave Johnny and oh, that's between you and Johnny, but now Sue's going to look at you like, girl, and that, you know, and that's the animosity and that's the fakeness. And then, 
I mean, that's just like the toxicity that you have in your life. Am I right? I mean, why you should take your personal matters and put it in someone who's a professional who can kind of work you and, and doesn't know you. They don't call you out on your stuff. I mean, do you do that? Do you call people on their stuff sometimes? Yeah, I think that what it is about is that, you know, you we spend a lot of our time in our day-to-day lives um, trying to convince ourselves and other people of certain things, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we spend a lot of time trying to say, like, no, like they, they did that to me, but I'm okay with that. That's okay. Or I, you know, took this job, but I really love it or whatever. You know, I know it wasn't what I said I wanted, but I really love it. And so when you're in that room, what I... Part of what my goal always is, is like, let's let go of those layers, right? Like, and so part of it, when I, I do sometimes call people out, right? But, but in the way that of saying, is this really an authentic thing, right? Like, are mm-hmm. you, is what you're saying, is it because you're continuing to perpetuate that idea that you have to convince yourself or somebody else, or is this mm-hmm. an authentic expression of your, of your truth, right? Mm-hmm. And so... That that's such it takes so much practice to be able to have a space because quite honestly we don't have that many places in our lives where we could be that honest, right? Yeah, like where we yeah. can really let go and and so um yeah, sometimes that conversation in the room in and the work in therapy is really about digging through and saying, you know, you if you're a people pleaser in your life, sometimes you may just come into session and be trying to please me, but you don't need yeah. to please me. Right? Yeah, because you're not the one live going home with them. Exactly. Yes. You're, you're like, no, we're trying to ha- we're trying to get to the bottom of this. I love the fact that you mentioned the LGBT community because I literally want to touch on this subject because you know I'm I am part of the community and now more than ever I have been my eyes have been opened. Um, I'm in a married relationship. I love my wife. I have a beautiful family. Well, just her and I and the dog, but you know what I mean. Um, yeah. And I never before, I there's just so many different things that affect you in the life that you're just like, no, you don't get. Like if you speak to a certain another type of person or from work or whatever, I'm like you don't get it. Like we're going through this because you don't have rights for right. this. This affects me, or you know, um, whatever it is, like. Having a space to talk to people that you can connect with, even if you're not a part of the LGBT community, but you could be a woman of color or you can be from, you know, it's kind of like, um, what is that word? Like the, that you're that a minority, basically, whatever you are. Yeah. I mean, you're a minority, you're a woman. Boom. You don't have to be anything else, yeah. but you're a minority. I mean, like connecting with someone who else is another minority. I mean, what do you... For people who might feel gravitated to that, what do you say to them about the advantages of having that connection? Yeah, I think it's so important to have, you know, what we all need is to feel safe. We need Mm. to feel safe in the world. All of us human beings need to feel safe in the world. And the world as it's currently designed is is just fundamentally less safe for certain groups of people. And that Mm. includes queer and trans people. It includes, you know, people of color, includes women, includes so many groups of people. And so while everybody fundamentally needs a sense of safety, and I really do believe that everybody, the thing where everybody has a dentist, everyone should Mm -hmm. at one point be seeing a therapist (laughs) to tend to their mental health, you know? Yeah, yeah. But it's particularly important um, now in, the, in moments like these for people of color, for the for minority groups. And something that I'm always talking to people about, you know, 
me, myself, I'm Puerto Rican, being a person mm-hmm. of color, being a gay man, um, in doing this work, it was really important for me to be a, a, an example in the community uh, for people to know that they can access high quality premium therapy services. You know, I work with really successful professionals here in the mm-hmm. city who like, these are not people who have like, have no idea what they're doing, right? Like these yeah. are people who have achieved a level of success, but they're trying to like go further. They're trying to mm-hmm. get over that little hump, go over, they've hit a ceiling and they're trying to go even further. And you can receive high quality services from somebody who knows what it's like to operate in the world as a person of color, as a queer mm-hmm. person, right? Like, and so you don't have to sort of sit in the room and accept all of those little nuances of who you are to somebody who you feel may be judgmental or may not understand. And I think that that's really, really important. You know, when we talk about mental health, for so many of us, we have dealt with intergenerational patterns of trauma. Yes. Okay. Like cycles upon cycles, right? And so the truth that we know about trauma is that if it goes unresolved, you will transmit that to your children. You will continue to perpetuate that in our community. So it is all of our responsibility to tend to our wellness and to heal so that when we have our own families, when we have our own communities and we are the leaders of those communities, that we are uh, living in excellence. We are living in health, you know, and mm-hmm. so that therapy and mental health is a part of that. It's a huge, huge part of that. Yeah, and it's also like, so I, therapy is when you're in the session, like you're in, you're speaking to it, but this is the number one thing that I think a lot of, I think my listeners want to know, and even people, it's like, when you leave the session, like, what, do you, like, is there homework, like, what, because life happens, yeah. man, life freaking happens, and then, you know, the totally. guy that's driving in front of you, or the guy at work, pisses you off and you're just like I am done I'm gonna tell him about himself if I am and then there's gonna be you know <laughs> and you're gonna totally. out, you know or your significant other your husband doesn't you know probably forgot to pick up the kids again you know like and mm-hmm. life happens so what do you say to people when it comes to like making therapy work when life happens <laughs> Totally. Well, the first thing is to be kind to yourself that it's a process, right? I always Mm -hmm. tell people when they come to me that, you know, it took you 25, 30, 35, 40 years to be where you're at right now. We're not going to like dig out of it in Mm -hmm. a month, you know, or in an Mm -hmm. hour, (laughs) you know? (laughs) So like it be gentle and be patient with yourself and also know that you have to be an active participant in your own healing. You know, mm-hmm. so you will come to that session and we will um, do the work and in that session. And then depending on what your challenges are, depending on the approach of your therapist, you know, you may have homework, you may have readings, or you just mm-hmm. may have an insight, an idea that, you know, for you to think about, for you to ponder and, and apply intellectually, you know, in your life, um, but, but there absolutely does have to be some work, some practice that happens out, out of session, regardless of what that is. It, yeah. it kind of, to me, is like how I talk to my clients when I see couples. You know, people talk about um, 
will we fell in love like it's a one-time oh, thing like yeah. oh this happens like we were in love and like that's it oh it's like oh i went to therapy like that's it i went to the session no it's like a choice that you make every single day yeah. every single day you make a choice and you have yeah. to choose it you have to look at this person who you wake up next to who means that bad breath who you know whatever <laughs> <laughs> and you look over at them and you say, today I choose you. And to yeah. me, that's that's more powerful, right? That's not some, like, yeah. you know, mystical force in the universe. That's you saying, I, I'm going to put the work in in this relationship to make you feel loved, to make you feel tended to. And the same goes between therapy sessions. You look at yourself in the mirror and you say, I'm going to put the work in. Because yeah. that one hour a week is not going to be able to do it all. There's no miracles in this, right? It's hard work. But in therapy, you have a partner who's willing to help guide you through it. Yeah, no, it, and it, and that's the relationship where you have to feel safe, where you trust. And exactly. It's like open, and, it's in, and it's like you said, it's like you have a lot of junk, and we all have junk. Every exactly. single one of us has junk because we exactly. all come from different generations. So I want to play a really quick game with you that I'm going to basically give you three different things that I know that people are always talking about based on just research that I've, I've done and just talking to people in on my podcast. And then you can give us um, like basically a tagline or your one phrase, like um, not advice, but just things that will, you know, how do you say, want people Get to thinking. say, yeah, yeah, exactly. You said it. Right. Okay, so here's the first one. So dating in 2018, there's a lot of people that, you know, it has a lot to do with, um, I used to live in L.A. When I was single, living in L.A., it was like, oh, my God, you either had Match.com, Tinder, Awinda, Linda, whatever they call it now. Um, so yeah. dating in this era, and people say, I can't find someone. What do you, what, what's the one statement you would say, like, I can't find someone? No, but everybody's not working out for me. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I would say, well, what I was originally going to say, the thing that was going to come out of my mouth. <laughs> Go ahead. When you, when, you, when you first brought up the part, I said, well, the thing that I've always heard from clients is just how exhausted they are, right, of dating in the modern yes. era. Yeah. Um, and, and so, but what, what, I, what I sort of respond to them uh, with is that, you know, when you when you are healthy and when you mm -hmm. are well, um, mm -hmm. then you attract people who are healthy and well. Mm -hmm. And so if you are encountering a lot of crap, right? Like mm -hmm. out in, in the world in terms of, in terms of not finding what you want. And I don't mean crap as in like people are crap. I yeah. mean like the, the work, you know, the, the hassle of like going on so many dates and whatever, then, then maybe it's time to focus in get yourself ready because you want to, if you are holding, you know, standards for what you want to encounter in the world, then be that, right? Yeah. Like yeah. be what you want to attract. Yeah. So I, yeah, I think that that like, and the other thing too, is that, you know, you always talk to people who like the grass is always greener, right? So people mm. are like, so quick to want to be in a relationship and they're so focused on that and then you see people who are in a relationship who are like you know upset that they you know aren't getting to go out and you know whatever it is I think mm -hmm. what it is more about is embrace where you are 
And if you feel like you've really had an opportunity to fully embrace those various stages of life, then when you transition to a new stage of life, you're not going to be looking back and feeling envious of that other stage because you've already had the opportunity to fully embrace and enjoy. Yeah, I heard this thing from this comedian, or I don't know, remember where I saw it, but it had to do with relationships. And it was basically like, look, this day and age, when me and you get in a fight, you're going to go over there, you're going to get it together, we're going to talk about it, you're going to get it, we're going to be okay. Except that I keep so because, like, there's no, basically, you would say, like, there's nobody out here, so you and I are going to have to figure it out. <laughs> it was so funny. I don't even remember what I thought. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, next one. So, the next one is career slash midlife crisis. So, we live in an age yeah, where either students are coming out of college and they kind of want it, the entrepreneurial bug wants to get to them with a reality check with, like, life, or the guy or the lady who's a midlife crisis, like, how do you deal with that with everything around um, that might bring on a depression, like a slight depression? Absolutely. I think that we're really overwhelmed by what we think we should be doing, what mm-hmm. we think we're supposed to be doing. And this actually goes back, even applies to the last question. It, it can apply to your career, your um, to your relationships, whatever. It's, it's this idea of um, who, if you decide to, to, you know, subscribe to somebody else's vision of what your life is supposed to look like, you're going to be unhappy, you know, and taking a moment to think about what brings you joy. I had one of my younger, uh, I knew somebody who asked me, um, I just want to make a difference in the world. You know, Mm -hmm. I just want to do something. I don't know what I want to do for a living, but I want to make a difference. Mm-hmm. And and what I said was, you know, don't worry about making a difference in the world. Worry about pursuing what you're passionate about. Because if you take a look right now in the world, you can find people across industries mm-hmm. who are making a positive impact in the world. It is not delegated or limited to certain fields or certain majors or certain jobs yeah. or certain... It's about doing what you do well, right? And finding a way for it to make a contribution um, to the, to the world around you. And so if you, but the only way to do that is you have to enjoy what you're doing. You have to be passionate about it because if you don't forget it, you know, we always talk about like, you know, like if you are walking around and it's then that's what you're going to put out in the world, right? So focus on your happiness, focus on your passion, Think about what that can be, right? And once you are able to do that, the other stuff will fall into place. You know, yeah. I know way too many people who went to this certain school or went to did this certain line of work because they thought they were supposed to do that. They thought that, that was what they should do. And then they're stuck with the, you know, with the byproduct that wasn't even of their own making. They didn't even want that. Yeah, yeah, which that's, that, again, that comes back to you living you. And I've had to learn that myself, the living, you know, working, consulting, and loving working with, you know, in, in the fashion industry. Freaking love it. That's all I knew mm-hmm. coming out of college. And that's what I thought I was supposed to do. And then reality check out, you know, got to me when I got sick. And all just my whole life just changed. And I'm like, no, it's okay. Like, yes, I could be making a lot more money doing that, but that doesn't really mm-hmm. make me happy if it's not. Mm-hmm. You know, but I I love what you said about that. I mean, focusing the, the right focus. All right, so the last one I want to talk about, which is a huge one, and it's you yeah. probably heard about it in the practice, is 
family time and with social media and being in the moment. And there's so many like that, that hug of war where I know a lot of people are, um, they have families or they're, let's say they, I don't know, they're on social media all the time and it's breaking them apart or whatever the case is, or someone is on talking to this and blah, blah, blah. And then they feel jealous, whatever the case is, you know, why, what do you say to that when it comes to like, social media and family time and like being in the freaking moment. Yeah. Being present and being mindful. So, um, you know, I'm really, I I go into it, right. I, with, with my practice and when I just, On my blog page, actually, I have an article that was a featured expert in with well and good about how to stay focused during sex. Right, how to like stay in the moment and stay present, right? Yeah, yes. you know, um, because and, and, and like I like I said, you know, when I started my practice, I wanted people to know that therapy could be approachable and be real, right? It, it could be you, real. Yeah, I see it on your blog where it's like instead of your actual your shopping list, you know. Yeah, so they need to go go out and go and check it out on my blog page that there's that article yeah. well and good. But one of the strategies that I talk about in there is that, you know, if you cannot, if you're having a hard time getting through even like, say, a lunch with friends without mm-hmm. checking your phone, then you're probably going to have a hard time doing, being present in other moments, whether it's with your children, whether it's in bed with your partner, whether, you know, whatever it is. And so that's going to be a sign. I think that you're going to have to work to be intentional about creating some boundaries around um, the role that social media plays in your life. And it doesn't have to be an all or nothing. Like this is not a race. You're not in competition with other people. It's about doing better so that you can enjoy your life and the people that you love more fully. So something that I suggest for people is just practice over lunch, practice Mm -hmm. over dinner, where you all just turn your phone off straight, turn it off. I'm not talking about vibrate. I'm not talking about (laughs) airplane mode. I'm talking about, right, right, because people will try to nab, they'll try to scam us, right? They're like, I gotta go to the bathroom. Yeah, right. (laughs) You have to turn it straight off, right, and Mm -hmm. have it off. And be honest with yourself. Being like, why does this make me so uncomfortable? Why? Yeah. What is it about this? And what am I showing? And and how am I demonstrating my love and affection for the people around me when I, I'm valuing this? And that's not a self criticism, right? That's not. But that's just a, yeah. a self exploration, right? Like, yeah. what is it about this that is that's so making me that way? Exactly. And and from and I tell people this all the time, especially when I talk to them or I speak. I say it. I was a social media addict. I admit it. I mean, because I was constantly connected, constantly with my clients, no matter what time zone it was. I mean, I was connected and it was taking a part of me that I was like, this is really stressing me because I need to reply right away because I can't have mm-hmm. them wait because then that's not good mm-hmm. service. That's not good this. And I was making all these excuses for myself, but little did I know it was fading. I was fading away and I wasn't focusing on me. And, and I told myself, I have a promise to myself that if I got a second chance in life, I need to really live life. And so that's why I tell everybody, like, if you want a little piece of me, you'll get it on Tuesday <laughs> when it's, you know, right. podcast or YouTube. But other than that, it's so true. Daniel, I cannot tell you 
so much how much I appreciate you guys. You've got to check out the citycycletherapy.com. And what's really great about Daniel is that, and I've never seen this before, um, is that he actually does a free 15-minute phone consultation and the commitment-free uh, first session so that you guys can just talk and kind of see if, it, if you guys gel and connect. Like, it's kind of yeah. think about it like a, if you're dating in a way, you know, you want to see if yeah. it's going to work for you. And another really great thing is that if you do have insurance, you know, if you have a PPO insurance, that's awesome. But if you, I know a lot of people who have HSAs, um, health savings accounts, please, I mean, take advantage for all our listeners. A lot of you do have that. Take advantage of, of saying, let me invest this um, next, you know, 2019 or even the, the rest of 2018 to kind of like talk with someone and see what you can do for your own personal growth. Um, yeah. So I, I cannot stop thanking you enough, but I have one last question I'd like to ask no, you about please. this. What would you say to your younger self? To ooh, to my younger self? Yeah. Knowing everything my... that you're going that you've been through, that yeah. you are now, what you've achieved and where you've come from, and what would you say to that person? <clears throat> totally. Oh my god. I, well, first I would write him a book. But if I had to keep it brief, yeah, if I had to keep it brief, I would tell him, I would tell him, relax, you know, mm. relax, because you get so anxious, we get so caught up in what if, um, we think we, we get held prisoner by the past, we get held, um, we get sort of frozen in fear about thoughts of the future and we forget to be present and enjoy the present, you know, and I, I, so I would tell him relax that you, if you are working hard, mm-hmm. if you are doing the very best that you can do, then that's good enough and let everything else fall into place because the way, the, the, the things that really keep us prisoner are not the things that are within our control. The things that are within our control, you know, people are so resilient. They hustle, they work, they whatever. It's when we get preoccupied with the things that are outside of our control, because we're so sort of self-centered in some ways to believe Mm. that we we have control over everything. Um, And we set ourselves up for failure because the truth was that we could never control that to begin with, you know? So we have to know the difference. Thank you so much. And for all our listeners, make sure you check him out. I have all the information on the bottom. And if you have any questions, you guys can always email me at hello and you're going to be there yet. If you do not want to post it on social media, which I totally understand, you can actually send me a private message or you can actually message him um, and email him directly of any of your concerns. If you're a little nervous about the whole therapy, but don't be afraid of it. Remember, as humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.